This episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast is brought to you in part by Fun in the Rain by Marcy Lee. You can go ahead and pick that up at Amazon.com and find out more about this fabulous book. After spending screen time on her mother's smartphone, Elise's dad would like to play with her outdoors. It is raining and Elise does not want to go out and play. There is a package at the front porch. Will the contents inside help Elise to have fun playing in the rain? We will all have to find out. That's why you have to go over to Amazon.com and pick up Fun in the Rain by Marcy Lee. I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown. Those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time. And to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Peace and Black Power family, this is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is the first podcast for 2019. So this is our first podcast for this year, and um, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Marcy Lee. How are you doing, sister? I'm doing very well. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm glad you was able to join us. Now, before we get into our main topic, which is R. Kelly, and we're going to talk about was the black community complicit in helping him get away with the devious sexual acts that he was doing, or was he hiding in plain sight? And many of us didn't pick up on it. So we're going to discuss that and more. But before we get into that, I want to talk about uh, Fun in the Rain. Oh, you're talking about my first book. Your first book. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Uh, well, Fun in the Rain, it's a book that I wrote. And um, it's basically an invitation uh, for children to get off of the tablets and the smartphones and go back outside and start having fun. So it's kind of like just something to motivate that type of activity. Um, so it's a fun book about a young girl and she interacts with her dad and is actually based off of my daughter. Her name is Marseille and she just turned six and she's full mm -hmm. of energy. She's a lovely, happy, outgoing young girl and she loves the rain. She loves to play in the rain. So this idea came to me um, one day when I was outside with her playing in the rain. So I am holding a copy of it. It's called Fun in the Rain by Marcy Lee. And the illustrations is done by Larry Tinsley. So make sure you go to Amazon and get this book. Um, I think it's imperative that our children read and engage themselves in books where individuals look like us, they talk like us, and they overall worldview reflects our worldview. Marcia, thank you for this book. I appreciate it. I know this book is going to do exceptionally well. And um, once again, Necessary Blackness Podcast. 
I want all my followers, I want all my listeners to support this sister and the phenomenal work that she has put forth, that she continues to put forth, and um, we look for more work from her in the future. Thank you, sister. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. So, is this my copy? Of course. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know I couldn't come through and not bring you a copy. You are too much. You're too kind. We don't deserve you. <laughs> I appreciate it, though. Thank you. Sergio, I got a million motherfuckers hating me. A 40 billion motherfuckers loving me. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to take this musical shit and I'm going to inject these motherfuckers with this musical, beautiful motherfucking shit. I am handcuffed like a lot of you motherfuckers. I'm handcuffed by my destiny. It's too late. They should have did this shit 30 years ago. It's too late. It, the music has been injected into the world, okay? I hired my motherfucking self. Let's get down to the get down. Let's get down to it. Now, we, we, we spoke previously, and um, we, we was talking. Um, but it ain't about us talking. It's about what the internet is saying, what society is saying, um, what social media is saying. As many of us want to dismiss, you know, social media, it's not fake news. It is the minds and opinions of our people. And this is how our people and how society is thinking. Now, you do have some of them that go online and they troll. I'm very upset with um, some and not all of um, the comments that is going There's on. There's some crazy comments. Yeah, I mean, about we gotta keep R. it one Kelly hundred, thing. especially like, dudes and some females. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what? Females. It's across the board. Yeah, it's across the board. But so I want to talk about it, right? Surviving R. Kelly. I seen the movie. Yes, I I saw all six parts. Yeah, I saw all six parts, and it's a good documentary. And when I say good, I'm talking about in how. They laid the groundwork, the mm-hmm. story, um, in the opening scene of May of 2018. There's a Facebook video, and I'm going to play that for my listening audience, where R. Kelly actually says that if y'all wanted to destroy me, y'all should have did it 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he also says that there's a million people hating but there's 40 billion people that's loving him. So it started out with that. So that that set it the groundwork. Then it talked about his upbringing. And we learned that um, he was a shy, uh, reclusive kid. Um, His brother told stories about um, if you look at Robert too hard, he would cry. And then all of a sudden, he gets the stardom and the fame. And then they said immediately they noticed the difference in them. So they they painted a good backstory. They showed and interviewed both of his brothers. The brother Bruce, I don't know what was going on with him. The one that was in uh, prison. Right. What do you think was going on with him? Well, I think there's a lot. I mean, just think about his background. He comes from the same situation that R. Kelly came from. So Uh I'm sure there's drug abuse. I'm sure there's drug abuse uh, because I believe Carrie talked about Bruce's drug abuse. Mm. And uh, so I'm, I'm sure there's a lot going on. Who knows if he's been abused because he has never said that he was abused like the other two. But um, 
if if Robert was abused and if Carrie was abused, you know, it's most likely that he was abused too. I just would like to know what he was what he in jail for. You know what I mean? Yeah, they conveniently left that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some of his comments was very disturbing to me, especially when he said, "Listen, everybody has their preference. His preference is petite girls. All right, there's forty year olds, there's fifty year old that's petite. Well, it's more so he likes young girls. Yeah. Well, he didn't really say young girls. He said young women, and I like older women, right? So we know that we're talking about young girls. Yeah. So he was careful not to actually say that, but still, you know, that's the line. But that you, did, you didn't you didn't feel like he was dismissing a lot of his brothers. Uh, I do, and that's something because he probably wants to maintain a good relationship with his brother. So you, you know, get some commissary money. I mean, possibly. I mean, you want to yeah. keep all those options open because yeah. he looks like he, you know, he's incarcerated. So you need as many friends as you can get. So R. Kelly, man, make sure you put some money on your brother books, he man. Deserves it. No. <laughs> he deserves He 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 definitely uh, was caping for you. Um, he didn't throw you under the bus, which he should have. But just because you have a preference too, does not mean that you need to give into that preference. You know, like some people have a preference for children. Maybe they do, but that does not mean that you need to follow through and, you know, enjoy that preference. Mm -hmm. Some things are off limits. So, yeah. And another thing that I want to get into, Rod, is what does it say to us as a black community when right after the airing of Surviving R. Kelly... He has a 16% increase in streaming on Spotify. This was right after the, the first episode. And then subsequent to episodes, they said it just continued to rise. I have to believe that those were new listeners, people who didn't really know about R. Kelly's music and they were trying to educate themselves or inform themselves about who he is. Because we already got R. Kelly's music. I mean... You know, we know how to just go on YouTube or whatever and listen to R. Kelly's music. So to me, I'm saying it must be individuals who aren't really that familiar with his music. If people are just repurchasing to show that they are in support of him, I don't I don't know about that. Yeah, that you know, that's a question that been lingering and um I asked myself it because when I first heard about the allegations and that not the first when I heard about the allegation. When I heard about the documentary that it was going to air, um, I was having a conversation with somebody, and I was telling them that it's unfortunate that if R. Kelly makes another step in the name of love, a record of that magnitude, that all is going to be forgotten within a week. Well, I hope not, but that's the problem with our community, I feel. No, I, I was saying this... Um, the day that it was getting ready to air, right? And then lo and behold, after it airs, they said it's a 16% mm-hmm. um, increase in his thing on Spotify. Now, he does have 5.5 million listeners on Spotify, and um, he has 7.7 million subscribers. So he do have a big following on Spotify, but this is the takeaway from this, right? A lot of people will say it that this R. Kelly thing is a distraction. It's not a distraction. This is real. This is what's happening in our community. A distraction from what? You know how this is, man. Everything's a darn distraction. Sometimes things are a distraction, but you need to address it. This needs to be addressed. Yeah. 
like absolutely, right away. Absolutely, pronto. And let me tell you something. If it is a distraction, it's a, a, a good distraction because it's a distraction that brings attention to African Bambada to me too, and also Chris Stokes. I'm calling people out because they have been in that same arena of being mm -hmm. accused of doing this to the vulnerable people in our community, and we have overlooked it. Because I remember when the Africa Bambada thing started going down, people did not want to address it because they respected him so much. And yeah. I don't know about that because I didn't have that connection with him, but I know he's a respected, you know, um he was pioneer. a respected He was. Some, I feel like some people still respect him because they don't want to talk against him yeah, or speak against him. Yeah, but you know what? Let me tell you something. Them same people that will respect him probably has a propensity to do the same type of devious crimes and and, and have the propensity to have that same type of So are you saying that himself. these guys who are, you know, trying to overlook what R. Kelly has done maybe have done similar things and have the same you know desires possibly to date young absolutely women? absolutely okay. if they haven't done it in their past then um they have the desire to do it and probably haven't lived it out and see nothing wrong with it and, and see nothing wrong with it you know what i mean when you excuse it and say well you know that was the 90s and you know such and such and such was sleeping with underage girl it still doesn't make it right you know what i mean and what he's doing and, is and, taking and, it a step further and though. then yeah, let me tell you something even back then you know what i mean i knew that was wrong everybody knew that was wrong you know what i mean and it's just like I don't know, you know, I know the world is big, it's vast, we don't all live in a vacuum, but where I'm from, like, yo, my friends, like, if I was date, if I was older and dating a 15 year yo, my friends would have clowned me. They would, they would have been relentless in that, like, yo, Rock, come on, man, you serious? So like, why do you think it's so difficult for us to hold him accountable? Is it the money? Is it the fame? Well, well, what is it? this is what I would say. I don't feel that it's... Us not holding him accountable. I, I I think that people in his immediate circle is not holding him accountable because he's the breadwinner and they um rely but that's on to him be expected. from his livelihood. Yes, men. And and then also people was trying to separate him from being, you know, his devious ways and acts from being the musical genius that he is. And you can't do that because his songs, when you listen to it after you know the mindset of this individual, when he talk about, what are some of the songs? I don't even know some All of, of I remember growing up listening to him and was thinking like, wow, this is like pretty visual. Like I could imagine everything that he was singing about, you can really imagine being in that space. And it was very overtly, graphic. yeah, graphic, overtly sexual, even seeing him perform on stage. Now, a lot of people say, oh, it's just entertainment. But if you really pay attention, entertainment is not just entertainment. The song, I Think You're Ready, talking about a younger age girl that she's ready for her sexual, her first sexual experience, bump and grind. You know, he wrote Age is just nothing but a number for Leah. So there, there's a lot of telltale signs. Him calling himself the Pied Piper of R&B. We know who the Pied Piper was. So it's it, it, it's so many telltale signs. But we let it go signs. on, though. He is an art. He's he's an artist. And when people create... Because you know what this reminds me of? It took me back to gangster rap. Mm -hmm. And they were artists. 
and they were providing their art to the public. We have to decide, is this something that we want to include in our culture? And back then, we didn't see it as a problem. We're like, oh, they're just reflecting what's going on in the hood, like what's going on in the streets. But what happened? We start to see an increase in drugs, mm-hmm. crime, Absolutely. gang you know, situations. But then, how did they flip it on us? They used it against us. Three strikes, you're out. So when I'm thinking about R. Kelly and how overtly sexual his content is, and not just him, because it's female and females in the game that I feel like are playing too hard on sex too. What does that do to our community? It increases people cheating on each other, having all of these you know, crazy sexual escapades, and it leads to a, a higher risk of sexual diseases. You know, when you think of HIV, when you think about pregnancy rates, you know, just all of the relationships that are jacked up because everybody's cheating on everyone. We have to think about. So you believe that music could make a person cheat? Yeah. Music is propaganda. So I feel like, yes, it influences us. Like when you see all of these stars, hip hop artists, entertainers acting a certain way, people want to emulate them, Mm -hmm. even though they want to act like everybody want to pretend like they're original. A lot of times they're trying to be like their favorite celebrity. So if that right song from R. Kelly come on, someone might sleep with an underage girl. Well, I don't think he's necessarily <laughs> saying, hey guys, go sleep with an nah, underage I'm, I'm girl. Just, but I, it's it's in it's increasing sexual, you know, maybe interactions yeah. because of what he's talking about and the way you treat people. You know, bumping and grinding. I can remember Lil Kim grinding with him. You know, you remind me of your, my Jeep. Just all of the different images that you get, even from the videos. Yeah, I just wanted to say that because I, I want you to be clear on that. So people be like, well, what's she saying? Uh, because we listen to the music that we're going to have a propensity to do this. But what you're saying is, is, is real and we need to really look at that. Because as a community, we're dealing with a lot of sexual transmitted diseases, you know, right. and they explored that in there that um, he is a carrier of herpes and he has infected several different girls with that. I think the real argument is not whether R. Kelly is guilty or not, because we know he is, but where as a community do we move and go from here? And, and what have we learned? Well, I, I, right. will, I will tell you this, right? This conversation was long coming. It should have been happening 30 years ago. And after the first episode, the rape, abuse, and incest hotline had a spike of 27% in phone calls. Okay. So people are viewing this documentary and they get in the courage and they being courageous enough to call these hotlines, seek counseling and seek help. So, And I hope also that the people who, when people come to you and say this is happening to me, that people aren't just disregarding because as we saw in this you know, documentary, there were several times when people went to loved ones and said, hey, this is happening to me. And they told them, no, it, they dismissed them. So, and mothers, yeah. when we think of mothers and their daughters telling, yo, dude, is being inappropriate with me. Mm-hmm. And the mom turns on her daughter. How many times have we heard that story? Oh, I heard that You know what I'm saying? Times, so times, we really times. have to take a look at our insecurity, our thirst. Mm-hmm. People are thirsty for attention, fame, money. I mean, when I say mothers, they want their these men's attention. So 
they're willing to disregard their daughter, you know, and what that's doing to the child. So as a community, we got to stop disregarding people, downplaying stuff. We have to start really focusing in on the issues in our community before we can solve any of these problems. And, you know, another thing, family, please, whenever someone makes allegations about being molested, not only do you not minimize the abuse, but look at it from if it was you. And this is one of the things that I really like about this uh, documentary. It wasn't just a bunch of talking heads. They had professional therapists and psychiatrists come in. And one of the takeaway things that they said is the average victim it takes them seven attempts seven before they mm-hmm. uh, possibly leave. Seven to ten attempts. It takes a lot of courage. That, that, that's the average. So that means there, there might be people that it takes more than that. Right. And then we did see in the documentary the young girl that was rescued by her mom. I loved her. She was my hero in that. Yeah. In the whole thing. Dominique, that mother was the yeah, hero. She went and she got her daughter and... um. In the end, they said that um, three weeks later, she went back. But this is one thing I want to say about that. But no, she she returned back home. She's home with her mother. But this is one thing I want to point out about that situation that stuck out the most to me. That mother was so... She had her daughter's back. She never lost her emotional... IQ, like she always stayed together when dealing with this situation. As you remember, when she went to the hotel, mm-hmm. when her daughter closed the door, her daughter hung up. The guy said she called the police on her. Her mother still stayed down for her. She never turned her back on her daughter. She stayed calm and she kept her head together and she got her. She ended up getting her out of that you know hotel in that whole situation. So I think we really have to think about how she carried herself and how she dealt with the situation. So nah, I'm not I'm not gonna lie though. It's time to be polite to show uh decor, but I would have acted out. Not in, in that situation? I, listen, as soon as she opened the door, I would have snatched her up. Let's go. No, but see, don't we you think that the way she handled it worked out better? It it worked out for her, but it could have worked out wrong. You know what I mean? Because someone got word that uh her mother came and then when she came back they said listen they called they said yo you're not the mother that if you come on this property for that's us what to call i'm saying the police. so listen in life sometimes but it worked, it, it, end, worked. it worked but it could have it, it could have went all the way left so my thing is i know me as a father whether it was my son or my daughter as soon as i lay eyes on you oh that's But have you ever seen those situations where a woman is being beat and somebody comes and protects her and she starts beating on the person that's helping? I was involved in a situation where I was walking down the street and um, I seen someone abusing uh, a female right across the street from my building. I was with my older brother, rest in peace, Joe the Boss. And I was like, yo, why you doing that, coward? And my brother was like, come on, Rod, chill, chill. And I'm like, nah. Let's go over there and address that. And my brother's like, oh, you still had trouble. You still had trouble. And I went over there and the girl was like, no, um, I'm all right. I'm all right. And my brother was like, see, mind your business. Come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. Well, my whole point is that sometimes when you push too hard, it, it pushes the child or the person away. And they yeah. just totally 
you know, kind of go into hermit mode. All right. So, so when you say that, let me ask you this, right? As a mother, I, I think that you um, resonate with her, you know, because you're a mother and she was able to retrieve her daughter, right? But me as a father, right, when I was looking and I seen that man outside with his wife throwing rocks at the no, window. No, that, that, that situation was different. I'm now, I would have been in jail that night, I'm too. I agree to with Master P. Like, yo, I'm with Master P on that one. No, ain't no way. Like, no way in the world. Let me let me tell you something. And I understand this man got money. He got bodyguards and you know security and people around him and all of that. Let me tell you something, man. Rappers get robbed. Rappers get shot. You know what I mean? Like, yo, ain't nobody invincible. Like that door opens and closes. People come and go from that studio. So anybody that's coming or leaving that building would have got snatched up. We would have ran in there like 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 people running in the bank. Because I think when you're in those situations, you something will just totally come over you. Because I could imagine when that was happening, I was imagining what rocks. I would do. No, I would have <laughs> grabbed pole rocks. anything. Like like I'm saying, she would have been out of there that night. Yeah, but you know, you know, and I I, I got to be real. You know, what I mean, you know, the way that I think is different from the average person. And that's probably why, you know, I spent a good time of my life behind the wall, you know. Um, but it was always my doing, you know what I mean? I never was put in a situation like that, and I'm thankful for it. But I know me better than anybody else, you know. Like, I done did stuff because I wanted to do it, you know what I mean? But my hand will be forced. I will be tick, tick, boom. Like, oh my. But you know what? One thing I wanted to kind of go back to um, in the beginning, you were talking about R. Kelly and how he was saying, you know, if y'all was going to do something, you should have did it back then. 30 years ago. And he, what was the other thing you said? He said that he has a million haters, but he has 4 billion uh, people that love him. Now, see, that right there is sending a message to him that he's not doing anything wrong or that he's doing something right. And that is what I was going to say that I kind of have a problem with in our community. Sometimes people think just because things are popular that it equals right. And that's not true. Just because something is popular does not mean that that is the correct or right thing to do. But you know, he did record that in May of 2018. Um... I think that more people than ever know him to be uh, the devil and the monster that he is, and um, he ain't got four. He ain't got four billion people loving him, or four forty billion. I forget. The but you know what? Said. I'm wondering how um, common it is for men to act in the way that he was described. When I hear these women talking about when his friends was around, they had to turn their head and look at the wall. When I hear, you know, that they couldn't speak to them, I'm wondering how common that is with men and their insecurity. All right. Now? You know what I'm saying? Because- you touching on a very- Yeah, because I know that I've been in those type situations, you know, where yeah. men are, you know, have- Not men. I'm thinking of one particular person where they were so insecure and afraid that they set these guidelines or try to control, control you in that way. Now- this is the problem, right? Most people think that his entourage consists of nothing but men. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of women that works for him. You know, the publicists. Um, he he has female assistants. So it's a combination of male 
and female. It might be predominantly more males that's around him. But there's What's your a point, lot, man? What's your there, point? What there's you a say? lot of females that's complicit in his behavior, and I think people dismiss it and just act like it's just males. Even whether, Sparkle. Yeah, whether it's male or female, it, it's wrong. You know, and, and, and once again, you know, a lot of people don't have the moral fiber, you know. Or just the courage, period. To like, say, yo, this is wrong. Right. They want to stay on that money train. They want to see what they can get out of the the situation because they're only concerned with their own best self-interest. Is that another problem in our community? Are we putting... Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, we, we don't have to just look at the R. Kelly situation. Um, We can look at everyday life and see that people value the dollar more than humanity. Right. You so know, what are we going to do instance, about that? Well, we, we got we to gotta do what we've been continuing to do is teach the young and teach them that you as an individual, whether you're a man or a woman, that your humanity doesn't lie in financial gains that you are better than that but see that's not the lesson they're learning no well well that's the lesson that i was taught you know we were I mean? taught that and, and in the village that i'm around and the elders that i embarked on throughout my journey in life that's what they taught me and guess what all throughout my travel anybody that knows me when i'm teaching the young or uh, i'm in the same space as my people and i talk to them i let them know man that you don't value money. Your principles, you know, we talk about VIPs, value, interests, and principles. We got to hold that sacred, man. Money is going to come But and this go. is what I'm saying. Is that is what is that what is most important in our society today? Is that what we're teaching young people? Because from my perspective, when I'm on social media, when I'm looking at what's going on, even with our president, that's not what's pushed out there. We... <laughs> okay. That dude that's in the over 45. Um uh, he mistreated so many people before he became president. Touching women's private parts, laughing about it, um also talking to people crazy, calling people names, insulting people. He became a president. Mm -hmm. You know, his whole campaign was based was off based of this. And right. then you have us in our community exploiting ourselves. We we do self-exploitation at this point as long as we can get paid. You know, I remember when, you know, around, I forget her name, the Stevens girl, you know, the girl who was like a, a, a vixen model. And they were saying how those type women were winning. Like it was for a long time on social media, they were saying, hoes be winning. Oh, okay. And so that's basically, I was trying not to say hoes. I was trying to use an example. Thoughts. Thoughts, whatever. <laughs> but what exactly is happening? When you look at IG models and you look at everyone who is putting themselves out there for money and money only, the message that's being sent to young people is forget about morals, forget about values. I'm about to make this money. So that's, that's what they're learning. So when are we going to get back to VIP? You know what Values, I'm interests, and principles. Well, one of the things I always have a dilemma with is, you know, I go across the country and I speak about the school to prison pipeline, is how do we convince the next generation, the young, that you need to go to school, get a job, and prosperity will come to you 
when you're surrounded by rich criminals and broke graduates. So it, it, it's the same of what you're saying, you know what I mean? So it, that's an ongoing thing. The thing about it is, at the end of the day, it's about moral and about character. And then what it is, is it's going to come a point in time where you got to hold people accountable, you know what I mean? If your image is detrimental to the community or to children, yo, you need to keep that over there. You know what I mean? But, but when, look, when have we done it? Huh? When have we done it? We're not doing it. Well, see, this is the problem. When you're saying we... It, it, we're a collective. We're a collective. It talks about a whole, but there are so many people that's on the ground and that's on the front line and that's trying to change the narrative, this negative image. And I think um, situations like this that's happening is really going to um, catapult the uh, conversation into mainstream, you know what I mean, into other people's consciousness, and um, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right because I I'm telling you, man, people are waking up like any other time before. The problem is, is that individuals think that everybody's going to be on one accord. No, no, it's never going to be like that, but I think that we're going to get the majority of people to wake up, man and start seeing things that are happening for what they is and not what they present itself to be. But listen, we're going to come back. We got to go to a quick commercial break, family. And when we come back, we're going to um, uh, continue this conversation. And we're going to talk about some of the things that we heard, some of the things that we've seen on Facebook, and um, how it is the mindset of certain people. And also, we're going to talk about how individuals' responses is a litmus test to tell you what type of friends you have in your immediate circle. So if you got friends that are out there and they got their pom-poms on and they cheerleading and talking about, yo, the white man is bringing R. Kelly down and <laughs> this ain't right and watch your daughter around them. You better watch your son around. I'm dead serious, man. If y'all going to defend this, man, for real, for real, and all the deflection about what Hugh Hefner did and this, that, and the other, and Elvis, like, yo, we got to really stop doing that shit, man. You will dig up a white man that had nothing to do with us or our community and use that shit, man, to justify this sick motherfucker. And, and, and we talking like that today. Y'all better stop that, man. But this is Raheem Shabazz, man, Necessary Blackness Podcast, and I am sitting right here with the lovely... Marcy Lee. And we are talking about R. Kelly and was he hiding in plain sight. And um, we're going to talk about that and more when we come back. Stay tuned. <laughs> Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Yo, check out the award-winning docuseries Elementary Genocide. This docuseries provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. This docuseries features Dr. Umar Johnson, Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, Killer Mike, David Banner, Professor James Small, Kaba Kamene, and so many other people. 
Check out Elementary Genocide, the school to prison pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and the latest installment, Elementary Genocide 3, the Academic Holocaust. It's all available now at elementarygenocide.com. Tune in for the drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor. And when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back. And you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Stay tuned. This is a cool of Cultivated Roots Media, and I choose to tune in to Necessary Blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. <laughs> now our feature presentation. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are back from a quick commercial break. And what I want to do right now, right? Before we get into any more dialogue and we talk, um, I want people to understand the fortitude of a man that has morals, that has values, valuables, interests, and principles. Because that's what we left off with, talking about your values, your your interests, and your principles. And that man is Dame Dash. As many of y'all know, uh, Dame Dash dated the late Aaliyah. And he talks about his situation where Jay-Z decided to do an album with R. Kelly. And he he didn't want no parts of it. He didn't appear at the video shoot. He didn't want his name on it. And he said, my proceeds and the money that I'm allotted from this project, I want it donated to Aaliyah's breast cancer thing. That is a man of, of... Courage, that is a man that put values, interests, and principles before a dollar sign. And we need more individuals like that. I'm going to let him speak in his words because I think I said enough. So we're going to play that clip real quick. And then what we're going to do is we're going to come back and talk. From what you're saying, you know, I watched some of it yesterday as much as I could tolerate. And I'm not going to lie, as a human, I was tight. And I was tight about a couple of things. Number one, um, there was a girl, and when she was even trying to talk about it, she couldn't. And I remember Leah trying to talk about it, and she couldn't. You know, she just would leave it at that dude was a bad man. And I didn't really want to know what he did to the extent that I might feel the need, you know, to to, to just deal with it. Just because just that's what a man does. But it just was so much hurt for her to revisit it. It was like, I wouldn't even want to revisit it without a professional. Whatever got done was terrible. And then what bothered me was, it was like, you know, I watched John Legend like be fearless about his opinion of it, regardless of politically how it may seem. But I've been, I've been tight about this shit for years. So to be honest, like, if you remember the best of both worlds, you don't see my name on that. You know what I mean? And and your name is not on either album. Hell no, I never wanted no parts of that. So when Holmes was doing that shit, I was like, bro, you know our homie violated, and he violated my girl. He violated a friend of yours. So, you know, when he moved forward with that, like me, I was like, yo, I don't want no parts of that. Put my part of that to uh to Aaliyah's breast cancer thing, you know? 
But then it was around the time when Jake was acting like he didn't want to really continue and move forward with all of us as partners because he didn't want bigs down because he wasn't doing nothing. And I was like, yo, bro, I can't move forward without bigs. You know, we can start something new, but like Rockefeller, you know, that's, that's, that's us. We can start Dynasty Records, but we got to maintain Rockefeller. And uh, our OG squashed it. And one of the settlement was, all right, well, dog, you know, you just keep all that. Fuck it, because I wasn't going to have none of that anyway. But what happened was, as soon as it came out, you know, the tapes came out. So karmically, it, was, it couldn't breathe. It already destroyed. But then years later, they tried to do the tour. Um, the best of both. The best yeah, of both but it world. still didn't work out. But you notice I wasn't a part of any of that, but, and the karma happens. But the thing I didn't understand is I was like, I know I'm not fucking with that. And because of the moral challenge and him choosing one way, I knew morally we weren't the same. So to me, Rockefeller was the funk. It was over. I couldn't fuck with it. It was something that to me was just like, not to say unforgivable, but un I couldn't understand it. You know what I'm saying? And then I didn't understand how people didn't, un I, I thought, well, then the people aren't going to have that. But nobody said nothing. Standing by watching it and just not well, just nobody it. said nothing, but it's unconscious because, but at the end of the day, my question is, why does it take people so long? Why is it only because there's a documentary and now it's popular and now people stepping up? The shit been going on for years and people been looking the other way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know personally what happened to people I respected looked the other way. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Which to the extent I didn't have as much respect for him moving forward. Oh, well, you just brought up Dame Dash and I yeah. thought that's an interesting person to start with because I'm hearing conflicting stories about Dame Dash and his you know, contribution to that R. Kelly, Jay-Z album. Oh, well, you didn't tell me about this. This is new for me, family. Well, Whoa. he was on Nick Cannon. Um, yeah, yeah. I seen a little clip. I seen a little clip. And he was kind of saying like, wait, bro, you were kind of like involved. And he, he, he was saying Rockefeller, but- Yeah, the company yeah. was involved. But him as a person, mm -hmm. you know, because they both ran the company, so- it's like, yo, if you want to do it, you could do it. I ain't got to be involved in it. The title of the track was Not Guilty, which was like a slap in the face. Mm. Um, and he said, yeah, that, that it was done under Rockefeller, but he didn't have nothing to do with it. He said, yo, you'll never see my name on, on, on any of the... But what do you think about people who just kind of like turn a blind eye and kind of look the other way about these situations? Because he gave kudos to... John Legend saying, yeah. okay, John Legend spoke up. I got to give it up to him. You know, that was very courageous. But why wasn't it him? Why wasn't it? Who? Why wasn't it Dame Dash? Like, why now is he speaking out because everybody else is speaking? Like, why didn't he say anything sooner? Sometimes you could be vocal without being vocal. Okay. And okay. his way of standing up to it was like, yo... I'm not, I'm not fucking with dude. I don't want a part of that. I don't want a dime in that's that. True. That dude is immoral. You know what he did? Keep that shit over there. Mm. You know what I mean? And that was like the beginning to the end of their relationship. So sometimes you ain't got to be vocal. You, you, you vocal in your actions. That's how I feel about it, but I can't speak for um, everybody else. It's very unfortunate, though. Now... You have these individuals that's no longer employees, that's no longer part of the camp of R. Kelly that's openly speaking out. And you have to ask yourself, like, why why now? Because you're not working for them, you know what I mean? And you got people crying and saying they wanted to say stuff. And, and some of them 
openly admitted that um, they couldn't do it because they was working for him and, you know, they feel I mean, remorseful now. Do you feel that we should accept their apology and their apology is genuine now that they're speaking up when they was in a position to speak up, to stop it, the ones that was closest to him? Well, I think it's difficult when you're in that situation and, you know, I can imagine being in a situation because a lot of people now say, I got to eat. I, I have to be low key, low key because I have to worry about how I'm going to take care of my family. So I understand, you know, what people are saying when they, they speak like that, but I don't respect that. Like it, it's difficult for me because I could never allow somebody else, somebody else to control how I um, live my life in that capacity when you're mm -hmm. talking about truth. And when you're talking about justice, uh, I think that it's good that they're, you know, maybe they feel stronger in numbers now, but back then being the only person, oh, you're going to burn and crash. Like you're going to go down in flames because you're going against a machine. The police couldn't even take down R. Kelly back then. So we do have to be mindful. And nah. that's another thing. Why can't they get R. Kelly now, on, up on some charges now, now this is and convicted? This is the thing. Let's talk about that, right? Um... Those that understand criminal justice, you know, y'all probably saying, yo, the system failed us, this, that, and the other. But we can't have it both ways. You know what I mean? Like, as an individual, if I'm accused of a crime, I have a right to face my accused. Okay. If no one shows up, but people did show out. up. Her well, coaches, well, her yeah, teammates, yeah, but, but her aunt. When you have the mother, the uncle, Saying that that's not their daughter, and then she doesn't show up. You know what I mean? How is that justice? It, no, just because no, these people are justice. paid off. No, it's not justice, but it weakens the case. And th let me tell you something. There are a lot of people that are not in jail right now that either shot someone, and at the end of the day, they ain't show up to court, and they wind up throwing. So what it out. about those situations but where this, parents are the ones doing the crime against the child? But this is this is the thing, right? When people go on record and say that we failed these young ladies, you know, to a certain extent, like this is real complex because a lot of those parents failed them. And, and, and the reason why I say that is because instead of filing criminal suit, he was able to pay out 10 to 12 different lawsuits. That's what I'm talking about. So... We can't say that society, individual parents decided to take that money. R. Kelly would have been in jail a long time ago if parents would have pursued uh, legal actions instead of a civil suit. Because now with the civil suit, they sign non-disclosures and different things like that. I think there's enough blame to go around because society, yeah, there, there, there's they're a blame buying for the society. tickets, they're listening to his music, they're supporting him. Even the one girl who was... Supporting him during his court that case, and then she became a victim. That was crazy. That was crazy. That's messed up. How that is that possible? Well, um, but I, he knew that she was she was like just perfect. Yeah, you know horrible. what I'm saying. Yeah. So I mean, I think that even though the parents did not confirm that that was their daughter, but you have the coach, her team ranks, you have Sparkle, you have someone saying like, "Yeah, I assisted him in the molestation." I did this to her as well. I was complicit in this act. No, but this lady is saying that now. She didn't say it back then. Oh, okay. I thought she was on the on the uh, one of the 
No, witnesses. no, 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 no. She's saying that now. Oh, okay, so she was yeah, just... Yeah, she recently seen the tape when the girl was of age. Mm-hmm. And she was like, whoa, that was the girl that was just over here a couple So why ain't he charged? You know what I mean? Well... You have all this evidence. No, understand this. Today, they said that uh, Fulton County District Attorney is currently investigating the charges. You know, because and, um, of John the Johns Creek, because I know they were saying it was a house in Johns yeah, Creek. Yeah, and, yeah. So okay. they so they um, investigating that, and I know um, one of the lawyers that's representing the victim. So, um, but what about Sparkle though? What do you think about Sparkle and how she introduced that child to R. Kelly, and she saw the signs and still kept going with it and didn't put a stop to it. Like when she said Andrea came out the room and she was kind of like looking at her like, what, she knocking on the door? She got to ask for food. This is weird. Like, And she just kind of sat there and went along with it. Then you introduce your niece to this man and you feel uncomfortable when you see her at the studio by herself. So I'm wondering what's going through her head. I don't want to be a hater. I don't want to stop her from getting that bag. So I'm not going to say anything. You just let it slide? Nah, I don't think that she necessarily let it slide. Um, I think that she could have did more to address it. I don't want to um, blame her because I, I don't know what her We're- position was. I do know this, though. Why she not? She was the first one to stand up from that camp. You know what I mean? She sacrificed her career. But does that mean that she was not complicit? Nah. She, well, that's what I'm she, saying. She, she What's wrong with blaming she, people? She, she testified at trial. <laughs> I wouldn't just... What's bl- wrong with... We can't blame... Like, they always say, we can't blame the victim. Why are you blaming the parents? It's enough blame to go around. We have to fix right, it. Is, it's not a this, bad thing to I'll, say you messed up. Okay? Right, you messed no, up, but you're what, still on the team. Okay? You made a mistake, but yeah, you're still I, on I the team. You, I hear you. Okay. So, this is what I would say, right? She did what she did because she had done more absolutely, right? But I will give her this. She did testify. She turned down the bag. She did. You know what I mean? And she she been living in her truth ever since. She has. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she hasn't looked back. She feel bad for, for what happened. And um, and she said she was estranged from the family. Yeah. They didn't want nothing to do with her yeah. because they were getting... She, I think she said that her brother was playing guitar for him still. Yeah. And, you know, perhaps they were getting paid off. So I understand. I'm not saying that she's 100% to blame. I'm just saying, yeah, she's doing what she's supposed to do as an aunt, I guess, after she realized the mistake. But mm. you still got to see what you did wrong in order for other people not to make the same mistakes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that's why I think that... People are looking at this documentary and dissecting it and saying, you know what, this is what she should have did. This is what I would have did. And a lot of times, man, it's, it's good that you analyze things like that, but you don't know what you're going to do until you're in that situation. That's why there has to be a, a code of conduct within the black community is that if you see someone harming children, that all hands is on deck. We need to go over there and find out what's going on. You, know you think I mean? people are going to be able to do that when they're faced with money? Because you see all these people around listen, R. Kelly listen, who listen. saw what was going on, and they were just like, what's going on over there? But but this is this is, this is is why situations like this, when they happen, it's a telltale sign. Bill Cosby went down. R. Kelly. Yeah, but you didn't have listen, people in Bill R. Cosby Kelly, camp saying, yeah. this guy is drugging women. What are we going to do about Cosby? No, listen, you didn't have that happen. You, you didn't. R. Kelly... It's a current criminal investigation, and I will go on record, right? 
and tell you that it's over for him. Even if he doesn't go to jail, right? The reason why he left John Creek is because he got evicted over right. $30,000, right? $30,000 ain't no money when you this international superstar. Mm-hmm. The bag is gone. Right. You know what I mean? They canceling his shows. He ain't got no hit records out. You know what I mean? And in fact, I don't even think he's still signed to Jive or RCA Records right now as of this moment. So, But are artists going to stop working with him, stop collaborating listen, with him? Anybody that works with R. Kelly right now is going to be ostracized from, from, from the music industry. Right. The current climate it is right now, uh, Chrisette Michelle, they told her, don't do that with Trump. What did she do? She did it, right? You ain't hear from her since. So... This right now, this moment, this time. Yeah, but time, Kanye effing with him, and he's still relevant. It depends on the no, person. No, no, no. He's he he he's 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 gonna what's the name? Kanye is gonna do one of two things. Kanye is either gonna backtrack and say that it was his mental illness and wake the hell up, or he is just gonna burn in the fire and die in the abyss of trying to make America great, and but it's gonna this, be the end of his goddamn this, career. Though. And his, his his is a little different, you know, yeah. But with the R. Kelly thing, it's over, it's done for him. There's there's current criminal charges that's forthcoming. And I think people are gonna see this. You know what I mean? All it take for things like this to happen and where there won't be a continued pattern pattern of it, and then people will see that, yo, listen, if I associate my brand or my image or my likeness with an individual of this caliber. That's going to be the end of my career. And we have to get on code Wait, and we have to hold people accountable So what is the code? Where do we begin and stop? Because when, like I said before, I'm watching music videos where women are being exploited. They're being objectified. Where is the beginning and the end of what's acceptable and what's not? I feel like every darn video I see is unacceptable. And that's not the norm. I'm out of the norm. That's unpopular. You know what I'm saying? Coming down to even when I see your girl, Cardi B, stripping on a pole and last week, what's the, twerking mm-hmm. on stage. In Australia. In Australia. Yeah. When, what, when, where, where, where does it begin? Where does it stop in regards to the code? Are we holding ourselves to a high expectation or is it pretty low? Because I'm feeling like it's pretty well, low li- right now. Well, well, listen, this is what I and will say. And everyone's clapping. This is what I will say, right? We have to start somewhere, right? And right now, at this time, in this moment, her twerking, her doing that, you know, morally, those that of of the mindset, such as yourself, don't agree with it, right? But let's keep the focus on you know I knew you was about to say no, some no, no, no. Let's keep the focus on him. Like, like, listen. No, it's but, but bigger, bigger than him, though. Right. It's, it's not it's about bigger, him. It's, it's, it's bigger. about sex deviance. Like All right. The, it's bigger than him, but what we have to do is, though, right, we can't try to... We got to look at we everything. We can't try to change the whole entire world at one time. We're you not. We're I mean? talking about We're sexual... Talking, yeah. Predators. Predators. Yeah. Okay, and you don't... And think, dancing on the pole, you're not a sexual predator. You're not a sexual predator, but what are you doing? Uh, is that helpful? No. Is her twerking it could helpful? Be. How? It's good exercise. Good exercise. You know they got twerking classes, right? Oh, is Dance it con- is it constructive? Classes. Huh? Is it constructive? 
I never been there. I wouldn't know, but <laughs> <laughs> I see it no. online. Hey, but look. no, seriously though, we <laughs> need to stay Mm-mm-mm. focused. On this See, R. Kelly making thing. excuses. This is exactly no, no, why no. we are where we at with I'm R. Making, Kelly. I'm making, making excuses, excuses for degenerate behavior. All right, let me ask you something. If you had a choice, right, you only do one. We're going to take down R. Kelly, make an example of him, stop this deviant behavior that's going on in our community. You bet not. Or we're going to stop not. girls from twerking and dancing in a sexual manner. Now, I understand that you just tried to give me an either or an or. <laughs> no. But this is we, ridiculous. We, we got to do one So first. we can only do one. Honey. At first. Honey. You we'll can only have shelter or food. Which one you want? You want the shelter or you want the food? Like, come on. We I'll can take, have both. I'll take the food. But I'm just I'm saying. I'm going to find shelter. I'm just saying. Come on. We don't <laughs> have to have either or. You know what I'm saying? We're a grand people. Like, we're exceptional. Why do we keep on saying and making excuses for this type of thing, it's leading us down a bad road. I, I agree to that. I agree to that morally. You know, um, we can have. It's other ways to have fun, but in our community, for some reason, it's only twerking. It's not only fashion. Twerking. No, looking cute. You see that? At? What these entertainers doing? Like, there's nothing constructive that's popular. What? Yeah, I gotta hit you to some music, man. Come on, I'm not talking about. Hip that we know it of. doesn't have to be popular. You know what I mean. Anything that's popular is against the norm. I right. mean, is 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 like the norm. Whatever's popular. Mm-hmm. We're talking about. You know what I mean. Only five percent of the world is conscious. You know what I mean. So you always gonna have that. If you think that you're gonna get. So how are we gonna stop these? We're not. We're not. Well, then what are we doing? We're not gonna stop. What are we doing it. then? We're gonna keep it from around us <laughs> and those that are like mine. If you think we're gonna stop all of this. Nah, we're not So what they that. talking about? Why are they complaining? Why they, no, the next listen. one is on its way. The next nah, the situation next is on no, its no, way. No, it's not. Because they keep on follow, fa- falling in the same traps. You you ask yourself, how does this happen? How did R. Kelly become this sexual deviant? I don't understand. It's because you don't have no standards. You don't have no way of how you <laughs> handle these situations. He was molested. How come his sister was never dealt with ever? Now that's another that's another uh point. That I want to um, talk about, and not to take away from the topic, but I don't want to forget that you hit it on that, right? Um, I want to ask you a question: What do you feel about individuals that try to minimize his behavior because he was a victim of child molestation? I personally know that hurt people hurt people, but at the same time, his brother Carrie was also abused, and he's not out here doing the same thing. We don't you know, know what, what he so, has done. No, well, we, as, as far as we know, he's not out here doing that. You know what I mean? So that's not an excuse for him to do what he's doing. But you tend to see in society that people say that, um, you know, I don't know who's this calling me. Well, so... Are you going to finish the question? You want me to answer? Yeah, no, I'm I'm ready for you to answer it. I think it's important to see the full picture Mm -hmm. and understand uh, his mindset and how he became who he is today. I don't feel like it's minimizing it to just understand how he ended up abusing people Mm -hmm. and how he ended up doing these 
criminal activities. I think it's very important to, to answer that question. Like, why? Now we know the why. So now I feel like he can be um, treated, he can receive treatment or whatever he needs. But I don't think that that, that means he can't be held accountable. I just think it's important to say like, oh, we understand you are hurting people because you were hurt. You were molested. You were mistreated. Mm -hmm. So I get that. So now we have to do more education and understanding you can't do this to people. You can't listen, young teenage men and women. (laughs) If you don't want to create another R. Kelly, we have to educate people and let them know like, hey, if you're sexually frustrated and you need some type of sexual healing, you cannot take it out on your 60-year-old brother or your 10-year-old brother. So I think it's important to know what happened to him so that we can inform and educate other people on what not to do and to put it in the minds of family that, look, just because it's your child, don't think that they can't make mistakes. You have to talk to your children. This is a learning moment. Talk to your children. You're a church-going woman. Y'all go to church every day. Y'all live in a community where, you know, you keep an eye on your children, but something, someone dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. What happened to her? What happened to Teresa? Was she molested? Did someone touch her? How did this happen? So I think that once we know that, we can stop it, prevent it from happening to other people, but he still got to pay. He still got to- That's what, that leads me to my next question, right? There are many people that believe in restorative justice, mm-hmm. right? And they don't believe that jail is going to solve anything. Because in jail, you know, you're not getting the treatment that you're supposed to get. You know what I mean? There's no mental health treatment. And this is a mental health issue. You know what I mean? This is more than a mental health issue. But um, Well, right now we live in a society where yeah, punishment. Yeah, yeah. The- in your humble opinion, what type of punishment you think is um, proper and that should be rendered to R. Kelly? Well, I don't think that I'm fully informed on all the options of punishment of what is, you know, possible mm-hmm. in this situation, but based off of what I know, I think that he it is criminal, so he does need to be in prison. I just feel like he needs to understand and have something taken from him to get an understanding of what he did to other people, maybe some time to reflect. So, I think that he does need to be in prison, but he also needs to um, have therapy mandatory. I don't know if they can be reversed at this time because it's been going on for so long. It seemed like it was trauma from such a young age. Mm-hmm. That would be some intensive therapy. Um, so I don't know the numbers on that as far as how therapy works with people who have been abused and you know if it's able to be um, corrected. Well, I'll tell you the first thing, right? With any problem that the first thing to solving that problem is you have to admit that you have a problem. Right. So this man has never admitted, except in his record, I admit, which really didn't, you know, was 19 minutes of nothing. Trash. Trash, right? Um, I, I think that's the um, first step. And if he doesn't want to admit, he doesn't want to take responsibility for what he did, then you know the chips should fall where they may. Well, no, you know I mean? because there but has he, to be a punishment. Oh no! So oh, what is yours? If oh, he absolutely like listen, he has to sit down. You know what I mean? He has. To, oh, he has to go to jail. There's, 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 there's no um two ways about that. You know um, 
And then um, you were saying something has to be taken away from him. I think we, we didn't see the end of the civil suits that's going to roll in. So I think financially, um, they're going to start coming at him. Um, and he has to understand that in this society is unacceptable. You may have gotten away for, um, with it for a very long time. 30 years. Right. But he has to learn and other people have to see like, hey, they making a big deal out of this? Oh, okay. It's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think that's another thing that with the criminal um, aspect of it and him going to prison, he has to understand this is not acceptable in our society. All right. Now, let's get to the social media commentaries. Mm. You know, everybody wants to be the lawyer. Mm -hmm. we, we got people psychoanalyzing the entire situation. Yeah. And Even saying uh, some of the witnesses are lying, how yeah. they was coached by the yeah. parents and all of that. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Was, was all the witness believable to you? Some of them are a little suspect, but uh, I don't know the circumstances. You yeah, know? let me tell you something. I don't care if every single witness was lying except one. I'm with you on that. You, you know, people kill me with that. Oh, I don't trust her. I think she's lying. And I they, think we have they pull, they, Yeah, Listen, they pulling up pictures of his wife singing this song in the car. Right. right? Now, I posted that, and it went viral. I put it on my um, Facebook. And one thing that I said was that this is Stockholm Syndrome. Right. People don't understand. That girl that was... Uh, rescued by her mother, she returned to captivity yeah. before she wind up leaving again. You know what I mean? So I can even speak from experience understand. on that. Like you, there are situations where you have been violated, but in your mind, you are able to turn it off. You can tell yourself to forget it. You can tell yourself, oh, it's not a big deal. Move on. Like you're strong. You can handle it. And you interact with this person after the altercation. So it happens. Yeah. I mean, there's so many young black women who have been touched, abused, raped by family members, and they are forced to interact with them. So just because you sing into someone's song. Yo, did you see the video? I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you see the video on Facebook where they was at, um, I think they was at a, a, a repass for a funeral and someone died? And the girl pulled out her cell phone and her uncle was on. Um, oh, yeah. And she got, she, she was stepped like, to yeah, him. Like, tell everybody how you used to rape me when I was little. And he just like, kept on eating his food. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. And yeah. shout out to her because that took a lot of courage. Yeah, a lot of courage to do that. A lot of courage to do and that. And I think that more people need to be exposed like that. Like, you want to call somebody oh, out, call them out. No, there's you a know? thread. There's a thread that's online. I, I, I can't quite remember the hashtag. But I'll post it on my Facebook. Make sure y'all follow me at Raheem Shabazz on Facebook. But there is a post where people for the first time in their life are, are actually documenting things that happened to them. And their family members like, what, cuz? I didn't know that. Call me immediately. And they dropping names of family members, uh, Catholic wow. priests, uh, daycare workers, like... This thing has spiraled into a whole conversation. So it's unfortunate. It took 30 years for it to get to this point where we can have this conversation. But like I said earlier, the rape, abuse, 
is sexual assault and incest hotline is up 26% mm. after the airing of the first episode. So the community at large, dominant society is talking about this issue. And unlike no other issue in the black community, this is a taboo issue that should no longer be a taboo issue. We need to talk about this. We need to confront those that are harming children and confront them like they are the enemy. Mm. Because if you touch a, ch- a child, you no longer family. And, and, and we need to deal with that. But listen, we don't have that much time. What do you want to say in your closing words? I'm going to give you the last closing words. Well, my closing words is I just want to say, Dominique, the the mother of the young girl who went for her daughter, I think you are a true hero. And I think that all of the ladies that participated in this documentary, you were courageous. And um, we all appreciate hearing your stories so that we can get a a more defined um, explanation into what's going on with R. Kelly because we were clueless. So now we know. And uh, I want to thank you for having me on your program today. Absolutely, all the time. All of you people out there who are victims and you're looking for the courage, with everything going on now, this is the right time. So if you need to have your voice heard and speak on this situation, you know, speak out. That's right. You heard it here first on Necessary Blackness Podcast. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and I am sitting here with... Marcy Lee. The lovely Marcy Lee. Not just Marcy Lee, the lovely Marcy Lee. And make sure y'all go support this sister book, Fun in the Rain. You can get that on Amazon. And you can get it on Amazon. And um, I appreciate you coming by. We got to have this dialogue more often than um, we do. You are now here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I'm seeing you the whole year. What's going on? You that busy? Been busy. Busy? I can get busier though, but I've been busy. Okay, okay. What's today? The... the ninth? Ninth. Okay. All right. All right. And for those that are just joining us, man, this is um the first podcast of the year. Um, we're gonna try to do more interactive. We open up the phone line. We, as you see, we are doing video. So we're trying to start this year off right. Absolutely. And I appreciate you for coming. Peace and Black Power family. This is Raheem Shabazz, and we out. Underneath the hanging tree He looks just like me So tell me, am I really free? Could have been my mother Crying for my brother And everybody, everybody Everybody's praying for peace But who's gonna protect us from the police? Keep these chains on me Cause I don't wanna be another seat Underneath the hanging tree Pray for me Lord, don't let me be another seat Underneath the hanging tree Pray
purple fruit. Power of the blood. Spent on designers that don't give a damn about you.